You are now listening to the Ancient Health Podcast and in the news mini episode series. These small bite conversations bring a fresh perspective to the breaking topics within natural health and modern medicine, from science and technological advancements to food, biohacking, and modernized natural remedies. This is your trusted place for a fresh perspective of the things that matter most in your life. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Ancient Health Podcast, and this is a mini podcast on a subject that's been hitting the headlines. And this is something you may see all over social media, especially TikTok. There's been over 470 million views over this drug. It is really in the spotlight right now with a lot of celebrities. And I thought, what better way than to bring some clarity around this particular somewhat of a wonder drug, magic bullet, if you will, then to have a little inside discussion about what it's really doing, because you're going to see and hear a lot on social platforms and even news channels and maybe from doctors, but you're going to see kind of the glamour story behind it. And I want to make sure that we're looking at all angles so that you can make the best choice. Is this drug for you or does it have potential concerns down the road? If you are unsure of what we're talking about, we are going there on Ozempic. Now, this is something you'll see commercials on. You may even see kind of a sister drug product that is also, a, it's semaglutide is really um, the main component. That is the actual drug. That's the generic form. Uh, but the brand, Wagovi and Ozempic, are the two that you're going to see most commonly. Now, Ozempic is the one that first came on the scene in 2017 and got FDA approval for use for type 2 diabetics. Now, this was really helpful because it helps the insulin response when it comes to lowering blood sugar. That's really it was initial intended use. Now, a couple years later, we saw that the FDA gave approval to Wagovi for use in obese, clinically obese and overweight patients. Now, this is a much higher dose of semaglutide, but it's essentially the same drug, just a little bit of a different delivery. It's given subcutaneously, which means it's an injection that you give yourself. And they're usually done about once weekly. But we're going to talk about the mechanism of action of semaglutide. And I will tell you right off the cuff, I am a big fan of peptides when they're used appropriately. The thing is that most people are using them as a Band-Aid and as just kind of a silver bullet because people don't want to wait. People don't want to have to work for the foundational stuff. Most people are frustrated with their symptoms, with their body image, the way that they look, the way that they feel in their skin, and they just want results. And we live in a culture where you can pretty much buy just about anything you want and have it in a minute. So that's exactly why Ozempic really hit the headlines because one of the biggest side effects of Ozempic is weight loss. And people were seeing incredible weight loss at a very rapid rate. There's even Ozempic parties I've heard. Now, I can't say that I know this for a fact, but there have been hashtags Ozempic party on TikTok. I'm not on, on TikTok. Every now and then I'll like see something that someone sends me that's, you know, something funny. But on TikTok, there have been over 470 million views of things regarding and surrounding Ozempic. People are taking this and paying top dollar, like $1,000 for a month supply of this stuff, even so much so that they've created shortages. Even more so, the people that actually should potentially be taking this drug can't have access to it because so many people are trying to get their hands on it to use it. It's pretty wild. So here's something that's interesting. Forbes is now calling this Hollywood's worst kept secret. So Andy Cohen, 
Elon Musk, the Kardashians, um, even Jimmy Kimmel came out and made a joke about it, that everybody in Hollywood is all of a sudden, you know, lighter. Andy Cohen said, you know, when is everybody, when is, what, is everybody just going to have to be on this indefinitely because everyone's 25 pounds lighter? So there is definitely something amiss going on with this because if everybody is losing weight so quickly, there's got to be something that we are compromising or sacrificing for our long-term health. There is no magic bullet for losing weight. I mean, we've been on the hunt for a weight loss drug, and this one really seems to fit the bill for a lot of people because one injection a week is no big deal, especially if they can just do it from home. And all of a sudden, it takes away the biggest problem, which is for most people, when they're trying to create a caloric deficit, when they think that it's a calories in, calories out, as opposed to more of this like metabolic process, series of processes, they're essentially just trying to shortcut the system, create this massive caloric deficit, not experience hunger, and all of a sudden you start to shed weight. So here's what I want to break down on this quick little episode so that you feel empowered when it comes to your knowledge and understanding of semaglutide. These two different drugs, semaglutide is the generic form, like I said. So the brands are Wagovi and Ozempic. Now, they are intended on-label use for type 2 diabetes and clinical obesity. What they are being used off-label for is weight loss. The other side effect that most people experience that is helping with this weight loss is that it suppresses hunger. And it does that because it actually blocks or it slows down gastric emptying. So it doesn't block gastric emptying, but it slows down gastric emptying, which means you stay fuller longer. Now that also begs the question, if that's happening, what are we doing with the interference of our hunger and our satiety hormones, ghrelin and leptin? Because those are chemical messengers to the brain that signal to you, hey, your body needs nourishment, we're hungry, and hey, you can stop eating, we're full, we have enough nourishment. When we start playing with those toggles, we're forcing the body to do something that is not chemically its natural balanced state. That's a little bit alarming. Same thing can be said with birth control, right? We're severing the connection between the ovaries and the brain communicating. Anytime we do that, Anytime we start to pull the puppet strings of our natural biology and chemistry, I can promise you there's going to be issues later on down the road because what happens when you stop the birth control? People have all kinds of hormonal issues, and sometimes it takes months, if not years, to rebalance. Same thing can be said with your metabolism. That's a big question mark. What happens when you come off the drug? In fact, most people, now this is, they've done some clinical studies and trials on this, but they're seeing now that most people within a year of coming off of Ozempic are gaining back all of the weight, if not more. And the problem is that they lost so much weight so dramatically going on the drug in the first place that they started to burn the more expensive option for their body to use energy, which is muscle. It's really expensive for your body to have muscle, but your body will break down what it needs to to get the nourishment to keep you alive. So if you have a severe caloric deficit, we're essentially creating starvation in the body with Ozempic. That's what's happening. Let me just tell you the mechanism of action before I get too far down this rabbit trail. Semaglutide is a GLP-1 receptor agonist. That means it's a glucagon-like peptide antagonist. So it is basically mimicking a hormone that gets produced in your gut that then signals the pancreas to release insulin in response to blood sugar. Now, I know that that is a lot to take in, but all you need to know is that it's actually mimicking a normal hormonal response in the body. What it's doing, though, is that on top of lowering blood sugar, which is a good thing, that's not a bad thing, 
but we're also slowing that gastric emptying. And that's where the hunger becomes suppressed. So people just naturally don't have hunger. So they just don't eat. So all of a sudden now people feel fine and they're going about their day and they don't eat any food. They're eating drastically less, which then puts their body in this stress state of, hey, we don't have, we are in famine. We do not have resources. Start breaking things down. That is okay for a short period of time if you are in a little bit of a deficit. However, you stay in a deficit with Ozempic until you go off the drug. And the thing is, we've never addressed the foundational pieces of your health. Why is your metabolism, why is your body unable to regulate your blood sugar, number one, and number two, create energy in the body and have balanced hormones? So that gets completely put on the back burner, and we just skirt the whole metabolic piece and just go straight for, you know what, we're going to suppress hunger, we're going to have a caloric deficit, and we're going to force the body into this starvation mode, and it's just going to start cannibalizing everything. Well, guess what? When that happens, your body, your brain is very smart, and it starts to sense, hey, we're in a bit of a famine. We do not have the nutrients that we need to build energy and hormones. So what starts to happen? Your sex hormones go down the tubes. Mine did this. I had all kinds of parasites. I didn't do Ozempic, but I had a lot of gut issues. Guess what? Hormones are the first thing. Your body's like, mm, no, we're not making babies because we don't have the energy. We have to, we've got to spare everything to keep, you know, oxygen moving and blood pumping and keep your brain going. I mean, it's very calorically expensive for your brain to be able to think. That's why a lot of people will start to experience brain fog and low energy after a period of time because you are undernourished. You are essentially starving your body, but you don't feel the effects of it. You are numbing out that hunger feeling. So that's a little bit of a concern. And in response to that, your body will lower its metabolic threshold. So that means that instead of your body burning like this nice warm furnace, and every time you eat, your body can just burn it up and build muscle and repair tissue, keep inflammation down, keep your immune system robust. It's saying we got to slow everything down to the bare minimum because we just need to keep you alive at this point. So your, your sex hormones go awry. You start really living on a lot of stress hormone because your body is trying to keep up with cortisol to keep you going, keep you above water. But all of these other things, your hair, your skin, your nails, I mean, people will even say now it's become this whole thing. It's called Ozempic face. It's like another hashtag, another, if you even like search it anywhere, you'll see all of these, these different posts come up because people have lost weight so quickly. They've aged so fast. And it's because their skin, they've lost all the collagen, they've lost all the color and the vitality because having beautiful, radiant, glowing skin is not priority number one for your body. Just like making babies is not priority number one. So you start to see that other areas like your hair, skin, and nails, your energy, your sex hormones, all of these things start to get compromised over time because it is a survival mechanism. Now, what they're seeing is that people are actually losing all this weight. Okay, so here's another thing that I want to point out because I don't really know that anybody's measuring this. I'm sure at some point we're going to find out, but it's not something that I'm currently aware of that is being evaluated. So think about this. When we're talking about weight loss, dramatic weight loss, especially very quickly, what is stored in your fat cells? What in high concentrations gets immediately stored into fat? It's toxins. So when we talk about rapid weight loss, when your body is like having to release these fat cells to be used for energy, guess what? Those toxins end back up in your bloodstream. So when you're exposed to something, if say it's a chemical toxin or something that you're breathing in, 
your body has to metabolize it and do something with it. So ideally, you would have all of the nutrients and methylation, all of these pathways open for you to get it through the liver and out the kidneys or sweat it out or pee it out or poop it out, all of that. But a lot of us have a really high toxic burden because toxins are everywhere. They're in the sky. They're on things we're you know, putting on our bodies. They're on our sofas and in our walls on the paint. I mean, it's just everywhere, right? We're just, we're a toxic, we, we just have a, to, we're a toxic society. Um, so what happens is that all of these toxins that are stored in fat now, the fat gets mobilized because your body's calling on it because it needs it. And these toxins get back in the bloodstream. Well, now where are the toxins going? The body's like, got to get it out of the bloodstream. It's really, really toxic. Like it's going to kill us. So the body has to get it out of the bloodstream and either back into fat or some type of tissue has a lot of times toxins have a huge affinity for the brain because the brain is mostly fat and a lot of lipids. So it ends up there, which is why a lot of people will experience things like brain fog or you just have an overwhelmed liver. So now you start to feel really terrible. Your skin can become really itchy. Um, you'll just notice a lot of symptoms that are related to inflammation and toxicity. So that is something that I'm, I for sure would be interested to know that all of these people that have experienced this dramatic weight loss, what is their body doing? What are their bodies doing with the excess toxins that are essentially getting dumped out, ringed out of these fat cells that are being used for energy? That's a real concern. So we've talked about the metabolic threshold being lowered. We've talked about increased toxicity because we are using fat cells. Now let's talk about when you come off of this drug. Now, the main issue is that most people are putting on fat and they're losing fat and muscle. So if you think about it, when you have a severe caloric deficit, your body is going to use anything and everything it can to meet its needs. So it does not discriminate. It's not going to say, you know what, I'm going to go for the love handle fat first, and then I'm going to go to the stomach fat, and then I'll get the little jiggly arm fat. No, it's going to just go for what it needs in the here and now. That's how your body's always thinking. It's not thinking five years down the road. It's thinking, how do I keep you alive right here and now? So this is why a lot of people will start to see that their face gets sunken in and they lose their butt and they're just like, it's like, okay, I'm losing all the things that I don't want to lose but at least they're losing weight. So that's always a, a plus for most people. And they'll stay on the drug for fear of, hey, I'm going to gain all this weight. Well, what happens is they lose muscle mass, which is so critically important for bone development and health and hormones and vitality. They lose the muscle and they're losing fat. Now, fast forward a year and they want to come off of this drug, their cravings go through the roof because we've never really addressed the foundational metabolic piece to begin with. So now they come out of this famine state. Their metabolism is in the tank because their body has had to lower and slow everything down just to keep you going because it's been in a deficit for months and months and months. And then on top of that, now you just don't have any muscle, right? So your metabolism, like muscle is expensive and muscle is great because it, it burns, it uses a lot of calories. It's so healthy for your body and for your bones to have good muscle tone. So when people come off, the cravings go through the roof, they go back to eating the same way. If they didn't heal, okay, this is a whole other thing. But if you don't have a good relationship with food, how do you think that coming out of you know six months or a year of being on this drug, if you never address that relationship with food, you may go back to disordered eating, binge eating, or whatever that might look like. And that's really important is that emotional mental piece in your relationship with food. And if that is not addressed, you're going to come out of the gates and be crazy hungry. And now we haven't addressed that emotional component and connection with your food. And so people start putting weight back on. And instead of putting 
the muscle back on and then maybe some fat, they just put all the fat back on, which then makes people freak out naturally because they're thinking, oh, I can't live without this drug now. Like I literally can't live without it because I just blow up like a balloon. So we have just damaged people's metabolism. We've neglected to address the emotional mental component. And now we're working with a body that is really starving for nutrition. So I just feel like this is something that's got to be addressed. I'm not saying that Ozempic doesn't have any place. I think maybe for some people that just have tried absolutely everything, their blood sugar just continues to stay high. There is probably some underlying infection and there are, there are contributing factors and toxins or, you know, there, there's a lot to the story there. But I think in order to get the inflammation down, it may be a short, short term benefit for that right candidate. The thing is, we're creating shortages of this drug because everybody and their mother wants to have a hot girl summer and look good in their bathing suit. And so they're like, I'm just gonna do Ozempic for the summer so I can fit into my suit, feel good, you know, eat whatever I want, drink whatever I want, because, you know, I only eat 400 calories a day because I'm never hungry. And then they don't, they don't feel anything and they get the desired outcome. So I know I'm, I sound like I'm coming down on this, but I really want to shed light on a different side because anytime we try to short circuit our biology, it's coming at the expense of something. And I don't want to see this come at the expense of your health and other people's health because it will come back down the road. You can't just stay on Ozempic your entire life. You cannot starve your body forever. If you do, you're, I mean, you're just going to shorten your lifespan. Who wants to do that? Like, to, to be a little bit thinner, like address the foundations. That's what we intend to do on this podcast is addressing foundations. So I wanted you to at least have the picture and an understanding of one, what the drug was intended for, right? It is mimicking a natural hormonal response to blood sugar, and it is actually helping. But if you cannot lose weight, if you take anything away from this podcast, if you cannot lose weight, it is not because you have an ozempic deficiency in your diet or in your lifestyle. It is because there are broken pieces to your mitochondria and your energy production systems of your body. And all of that, you've got to address toxins. You've got to address stress, sleep, all of the nutrition, the things that you're consuming, the things you're putting on your body, your thought patterns. All of these things count and they make up the bigger picture of your overall health. So I hope that this podcast has maybe just giving you a little bit of a different angle, maybe some questions to ask as you're looking through peptide use, particularly semaglutide. Now, I want to do another podcast on other peptides because, I, like I said, I, I am actually a proponent of some peptide therapy, um, and I've actually used some of that myself. So I'm not the peptide expert. We're going to bring somebody in for that conversation. It's happening. It's, we're we're going to make it happen here very soon. But I wanted to at least give you a little bit of the scoop on semaglutide because you're going to see a lot of people, and there may be plenty of people in the health space that disagree with me. And that think that I'm coming after this a little too hard. But I do believe that in the long term, the vast majority of people that are using this shouldn't be using it. And it's actually going to create challenges for them down the road. So I hope that this leaves you more informed. Thank you for entertaining me on this little fun podcast on something that is trending in the health space, semaglutide, foe or friend. Uh, but I'm glad you joined me today. Thank you guys. And I will see you on the next episode. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at 
Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.